Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast. A common. Re- How do I start? Fuck. I forgot words. Um. Hello, and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Comrader retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I am extremely confused this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's skyscraper dragons, and, and just nobody <laughs> brings it up. Yeah, and like apparently the, the, the fall from the dragon, the, the church dragon who was hiding inside a skyscraper, him leaving that skyscraper in the top half, falling down in the bottom half, No, nobody notices that. I Yeah, yeah, it's just, no one even seems to think it's weird. It's just a thing that happens. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've got those here. There's no... You know, I'd make a comment about how we're just going in with no context, but that's just what the show does. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you'd think this is strange, but we watched Common Rider Kiva. We watched the first four episodes. We still have no idea what the point of the show is. I don't know what's going on. I, what, what is the, like, okay, first episode of Common Rider Kuga. Here's the message. All right, here's our good boy. He's a good boy. Wants to make the kid smile. Bam, make the kid smile, give a thumbs up. There's a mission uh, statement. Yeah. I, I will have to say, okay, when we would watch Decade, I was like, man, Decade sure is weird, huh? Yeah, this is going all over the place. Yeah, this is this is a weird show, right? Okay. <laughs> Scratch that. Kamen Rider Kiva. <laughs> this is a really weird show. I, but do you know just... what the best part of that example is? Is that it's Kiva that gives Decade his plot. Okay, okay, well, we'll get to that in a year or so. No, that happened in the first episode. That's that's Kiva that Decade was talking to. Mother- what? Oh, yeah. shit, okay. Oh, yeah, the yeah the guy in oh, white or whatever. Yeah, okay. that is this Kiva from that's this Wataru? show. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, oh, okay, so now I'm like, where, wait, where is the show going? Now I wa- Yeah, now I want to see, at least at the very least, how we get to that. <laughs> Wataru from this Wataru who variously ob- who very obviously has some sort of social anxiety disorder Wataru is yeah, a very uh, soft boy that in is, the that is first my, episode in the first episode I definitely thought that he was he like had a severe autism spectrum disorder yeah it's like, he's cause like he doesn't want to touch things he doesn't, he's like really uncomfortable interacting with people and looking at them and stuff. But then like, he's fine by episode three. Yeah, so. th- then, <laughs> then a random woman in the, the show's specific coffee shop comes up, shoves her face in his business and says, no, actually you're fine. And then he's fine. At least some. So, like, I, I think... So, mm, words. Um. So I think that what's going on because at the end of episode episode four, the one guy, uh, the wolf guy, comments about having to go out into like the, the dirty, world. dirty human air thing. So I think that's just like a fan gear thing. Maybe that would make sense, but they probably should have 
establish that or something. No, we're not going to establish anything. This is this is Kiva. Yeah. You remember how in the first episode of Zio and Kuga and Decade, they're like, yeah, this is what the main character's like. He's had certain experiences that lead to him acting this way. He has certain tics and emotions. Uh, they don't do that for Wataru. <laughs> Yeah, we just we just get to see he's, how he acts. We don't get the explanation. We just meet him, him, and he's just weird. And they don't they don't say anything about that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I also so... just really love that this made Chris do do a turn on decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. Decade good. seems so straightforward now. <laughs> it's like yeah, go to the alternate universes and blow them up. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty clear. Not like we have any weird <laughs> church dragons. <laughs> Okay, so but but they do. That's what the painting was of in decade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I feel like I should clarify how we're going to be talking about Kiva. So Kiva actually takes... before that, what? we should okay. we should do this pre-episode stuff first and do like that overview thing because I think we did it for Kuga. Okay, and if not, we should have. All right. Oh, sure. oh, when we like talked about the director and the creative team and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I did research then because we were like starting out the show and I thought we were going to be organized and stuff, but I didn't this time. So <laughs> well, I did. So hey, good job, Garrett. That's go true. me. Go. That, that's go why you. I. Okay. That's why I posted those notes that you didn't click yet. <laughs> okay. Here, let me click the notes. All right, so we have Common Rider Kiva, which originally aired from January 27th of 2008 to January 18th of 2009. So following this Common Rider thing of the yearly show. Yeah, uh, this was the show before Decade. Yes. Yes. This was, and it was... Uh, Heisei 9. Vampires. And the original advertising slogan was, Wake up, break the chains of destiny. What, that's a pretty good whatever slogan, that means. To be and, yeah, no, that's a good slogan. But other than his rider kick, I have no idea what it relates to in the show. Other than I might maybe, have an idea. Yeah, well, okay. As I say that, and then my brain goes, actually. So no, I have some ideas. I think I'm just being overly negative because there is a lot about this show <laughs> that is frustrating me. Um, uh, the intro is pretty amazing. Uh, I freaking love Break the Chain. It's super cool. I've kind of been humming it to myself a lot since the other night well, when I watched these. I, I'm glad you enjoy it, Chris. <laughs> Do you not enjoy it, Evan? No. Oh, okay. Some, something about it is I listen to it and I'm like, it's... It sounds like it's trying to be poppy goth rock yes extremely yes and yeah i'm like I, super into that aesthetic i <laughs> don't like that aesthetic i want my goth i don't want my goth rock to be peppy and happy i want my goth rock to be goth are, are either of you familiar with um oh god please say you're gonna say baby metal because i was about to say it myself i was not gonna <laughs> say baby metal i was gonna say uh ali project I think it's only project. The people who did the Rosen Maiden intro, they did a couple of the Cookies oh. songs. Oh, you I know? really hate Rosen Maiden. <laughs> Why do you hate Rosen? Okay, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just it's a extremely specific aesthetic, and I feel like this is when you approach that same sort of thing from a masculine lens rather than a feminine lens. I think you get this. 
Actually, I'm gonna have to open a tab to re-listen to the Rosenvain yes. opening because I don't quite remember it. But that seems like a really good point you made. The, they also like, did the Fate Extra intro. A lot of Ellie Project songs sound pretty similar. Is the thing? Yeah, I, I listened to it, and it's like I'm not. I'm not to the point that I'm skipping the intro yet. <coughs> but I listened. That's good. To We're it. only four episodes in. Yeah. Um, but I listened to it, and I'm just kind of like, eh, can we? Can we get? Can we get through this, please? Can we get to the actual? Can we get to the actual episode so I can complain about that instead? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. Yeah, whereas I guess I've I've been sitting around going. Okay, yeah, no, the the that that part is fucking catchy as hell, and I I like that part. And I don't like any of the rest of the song. Okay, the, the even hook if you don't like good, the music, though. you have to admit the visuals in this are so extra. Okay, yes, I will <laughs> say amazing. For for all the com- okay, I'm, for all the complaining I'm going to be doing about Kiva for this episode and probably for the rest of this, um, I really really like the visual design of this show. It's I, I love, amazing. Like it's I, straight up fucking great. I think all, it's better than any other common writer show we've the seen. The monsters honestly. all have this really cool uh, stained glass window aesthetic. Why they have it, I have no idea. I fucking love it. Like, and when they're talking, you get to see the faces of their human forms and like the shards of glass on them. And Kiva, right? Kiva's yeah, armor, when Kiva transforms, he like bites his his hand with this with his transformer and it makes the stained glass effect flow across his skin and up his face and it's extremely cool and i love yeah. that his armor is like an open jacket over a super buff chest as the armor right yeah comrade uh, kiva has some nice titties yeah he's, he's he's got he's got some good pecs on him um they're, they're really out there and they look good i love that his rider kick like his rider kick <coughs> leg is chained up, and that is that is Edge Lord in the dumbest way that I love. That it's it's chained up, and he's got to unlock it so that he can <laughs> unleash his real power of the rider kick. Oh, the chain the chain effect actually looks pretty good because it's a it's a simple bit of CGI, and they actually use it pretty effectively. Because yeah. chains are like a major motif, and I I think like the way they make them swirl around him looks pretty it's, cool. It's really good. I love I love that the rider kick is everything goes dark and the moon comes out and he Gets poses a with his leg up, and it's oh. One, one thing that I will visually about this is fantastic. I will make fun of something about the aesthetic that has made me laugh several times every time they've done it. Guys, did you know that bats hang upside down? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, when I rewatched episode one, I noticed the part, and I'm like, oh no! Did you know bats? Hey they guys. hang upside down, guys. I, I guys. Vampires are kind of like bats, so. They hang upside down. Um. So be- before we get into the episode, I just want to note one more thing about the opening. I really love the opening visuals. I think it's the most effective use of the two timeline thing. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, like like when the shots the are so exceedingly extra, but like it's it's like in this like artsy way that I just I I love. Yeah. Wait, do you mean before the song or during? No, the like song? during the opening. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Like all those shots where they're like upside down and stuff, and like uh, okay, doing like crossing the first over. thing that appears on screen in this intro is there's like a beautifully varnished chair draped in a velvet curtain with a like a violin sitting on it that has rose petals flying around it. Guys, Whoa. this show is so extra. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, the violins. I think the violins called Bloody Rose or something like Jeez, close to it. Of course it, it oh is. Oh my god, even better. Of course it's called Bloody Rose. Oh. <sighs> uh, 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 right. Roses look like blood too. That's that. You know, I'll, I hope you picked up on that, or else, you know, it's subtle symbolism. You know, is he like all of this right here? I'm like, man, Kiva sounds pretty good right now. Yeah, Kiva sounds <laughs> just thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, Kiva sounds really good. And then it's like, oh hey, would you like to meet our female character? Too bad she's no, in the trash. Nope, I'm. G- <laughs> yeah. I definitely had this experience where I was. After I watched the first four episodes, I was explaining the aesthetics to Rachel, and she's like, that show sounds amazing. It sounds straight up, like, amazing. Yeah, and yes, yeah, just... it, it does. Uh, the scripting is not really there so yeah. far, so... Yeah, so, um... So, so, so we're speaking... not gonna get into it, because I, ca- I can't super speak to it, but the show's written by, um, Toshiki Inoue, and Inoue's done a whole bunch of other stuff. He actually... He was the head writer for Fives too, and Fives is like notably like my favorite show. So I don't know how this happened. Um, but also I I don't feel super qualified to to go into his whole thing yeah. right now. Maybe at some point, maybe Do, when does we he have, have like, a guess... thing. Is there like yeah, a hearsay he... thing that you want to just briefly explain to us? No, because I feel like I'll do a poor job of it. Like okay, well, he's we... he's like quote unquote notorious in in the fandom for like the things that he wrote later on basically kind of starting from here a lot of the shows are are like love hate and like i don't want to super go into it more because i just don't okay. want to be we'll wrong. just we'll leave it there and we can actually okay. start getting into the real episodes yeah, so yeah well, i'm just noting his name into wikipedia a lot of the pictures that come up over him making extremely goofy faces i love that when you um when you google him the picture that they use is actually um uh kaiza from fies and <laughs> i i giggle every time <laughs> Okay, so talking about this show is going to be a little weird, because as we have, as you may have heard us referring to, this show takes place in two separate timelines. We have the past, which is 1986, and then we have 2008. And these are happening basically the same time. I feel like timelines is the wrong word. It's it's the same timeline. They're two parallel stories. Thank you. Yes. Parallel stories that happen in the same timeline, just at different points in time. Okay, I I actually haven't played this game, so it's stupid of me to make this comparison. But uh, don't don't they also do this in Final Fantasy VIII too, where you you cut to uh, Squall's dad, like in the past, going through a, a parallel adventure to him? Kind of, yes, yeah. When you have like the migraines and you pass out, and he like sees flashbacks of Laguna or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that's so. If you've played Final Fantasy VIII, which I haven't, apparently it's like that. Chris, you should play Final Fantasy VIII, actually. I know, I should. The P- the PlayStation ones are the ones I haven't played. So, the way we're thinking about talking about this is we're going to go... We're going to talk... Instead of going through the entire plot synopsis as we've been doing, we are going to be talking about the past, se- the past section, and then we're going to talk about the future section. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're connected, but they're each their own little individual story. Right. Okay. If we just kind of went through like the order of operations, we'd be switching back and forth every other sentence. Right. And yeah, it's a bit much. So, so we're gonna do the Jay and Miles thing. Uh, well, listen to Jay and Miles explain the X Men if you don't already. I'm caught they, up, you, Chris. <laughs> I did it. You just separate. You take the past, the interwoven past and present storyline, and just do one of them and then the other. 
Yeah, so so I think I think also instead of like the beat by beat that Kuga did, it's going to be some some broader strokes because okay. I think there's more to interject here. But before we start, I do have a question. The okay. vampire fire la- the vampire fighter lady in the present is that the same lady as the vampire fighter lady in the past? Because like, no, daughter. she is her daughter. Oh, that's her daughter. Okay, I thought it might be, but I didn't catch if they confirmed oh. that or not. I for- I forgot to bring that up. So one thing I do like about the intro, another visual thing, of course. There's a scene where it's you're seeing like chains writhe under uh, Wataru's, oh, skin. Wataru's skin. Yeah, and it's. Oh, it's real good. I love yeah, it's it. pretty good, actually. It's just a visual thing that I really like. That's all. So I, I don't know if I've brought this up before, or if I have, it's worth repeating. I think Kamen Rider openings are kind of great, all of them, because I feel like they do a really good job of actually, like, picking out the certain themes of the show and actually, like, showing them in, like, that sweet, like, yeah. one-minute thing. Yeah. I'll say I haven't seen a bad one yet, yeah. Also, it's... like, um... It, it, it's kind of happened where we are in Zio, but it happens in other newer shows as well. But the intro changes as the show goes on, too, yeah. to kind of re- that, I mean, reflect that, things. That was happening in, all the way back in Kuga. Yeah, a right. lot it, less. It did happen in Kuga, too. Yeah. But it was still happening. Yeah, when this, the static bits that would like preview the Gorongi for that episode. Yeah. Like, one one of my side projects I, wa- I thought of and never, and never did, and maybe will at some point, but I'd love to do, like, the deep dive, like, look at a Kamen Rider opening and how it goes through for the season, and kind of, like, what you can glean for it in the show. Oh, oh like uh, like Mother's Basement used to do for yes. his, uh, what's in an op, op, whatever you, however you say that. Yes. That's a good idea. I, Th- that's, uh, those are fun things to do. Anyway, so enough. Oh, one more thing. Sorry, I keep having one more thing. Um, all all the episode titles are um, references to like musical things. Yes, so there's uh, kind of like a music motif in violins in all the episode are titles. a very big thing for Kiva. All right, so we we can we can start the show proper now. Yeah. All right. So we've got episode so one. Fate. Fate. Wake up. Nobody's asleep oh, in this episode. Oh, okay. I totally... Hold on. You're starting ep- before the episode one. Garrett has notes before the beginning of episode one. You should yeah, have organized yes. these notes better, Garrett. What? <laughs> I'm just what? messing with you. <laughs> How? Did you just the- now open them? Like, we went through all of it already. <laughs> no, you totally haven't... We haven't brought up the fact that the funeral in the beginning of the first episode is supposed to be, like, in honor of... Ishinomori, the creator of Kamen Rider's birthday? Like, I, I, d- totally... I don't I, I don't think that that's far. The The series just started with, like, a, 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 that word. Commemoration. Commemoration. Oh, oh yeah. okay. It just had, like, oh. a commemoration, like, line at the beginning of the episode. I don't think the funeral was Yeah, no, it was, oh, okay. before the episode started, there was just a shot that was like, hey, this is doing the thing. It was like, it's the 70th anniversary of okay. Ishinomori. Okay, my bad. I misinterpreted that then. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) All right. So yes, episode one. Uh, So I I guess eighty six first day because because that's kind of what happens first in the episode. This this is our we get our introduction to our enemies of the series, the Fangires. Uh, yeah, they're not vampires. You guys, a random person's funeral. Uh, do do we know anything about this person? Are we going to learn anything about them? 
I don't know. Um, oh, so you guys also noticed that the very first monster we see is also a spider. A like spider, a, yes. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, it. yeah. Great. I was like, what is up with first Kamen Rider monsters being spiders? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I Okay, where is the actual fight? So... So 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 we basically start this in eighty six and there's there's a funeral going on and there there's a lot of stained glass motif even before the monsters. They're they're hinting at it already. And um when this one lady is just walking up to the coffin, the the lower part of like the guy's face does like this mosaic thing, which we learn quickly is kind of like a fangire yeah, it's... uh tell. And then he comes back to life and just starts messing messing with people. Uh, <laughs> I right. love it. I love that he just sits up out of the coffin like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Leaps up, grabs this woman uh, with spider yeah. limbs. As soon as he stands up, everyone immediately starts panicking because, right. you know, he's a zombie. So, and then he's like a really weird stained glass spider zombie thing. So I've, I've got a question for you two. Okay. What are, Answer. What are the fangires eating from people? They're eating color. We went through this. I, I thought that, that, was, that was off- that was off mic, and I'm... Yeah, I thought it was essence or soul or something, was yeah, what so I was assuming. Because the fangires are like, they create these weird floating fangs that jab into the back of people. Right. And it turns right. them and transparent. they turn transparent and collapse. I was wondering if this was... Uh, Garrett, you mentioned once when we were talking about Wizard that uh, they had kicks in that one, so kids didn't punch each other with rings and hurt each other. <laughs> I was yep. wondering, like, did they change vampires so that kids wouldn't bite each other? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I that, that might be a bit of a stretch. I I I, I think it's I just was hard legit- to have suits do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to think of like, okay, having giant ethereal fangs appear in the air and jab people in the back of the neck, like, that's a real departure. It seems like a real unnecessary departure from vampire lore, if I'm being honest. I think it's more like uh, a symbolism thing to invoke vampires than necessary be a vampire. Yeah, because they're not vampires, they're fangires. Right, right, but they're vampires. Maybe. So, so this guy's causing havoc, and then there he's are people hit with, with a candle. whips fighting them. They're vampires. Then we no, get introduced it's... to our first. Our our first uh, character is she even a character? <sighs> yes, yes, Evan, she's a character. Yes, uh, the first Belmont shows up. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah, she starts by throwing like, th- what are the candle things she, called? She throws a candelabra at yeah. the monster, and it just like beans it in the face. <laughs> it's just like I, I really Mah! like that. It's it's very Castlevania. <laughs> And so yeah, she, attempts- she walks down the stairs looking extremely cool in like a morning outfit, carrying a dozen a dozen roses. Yeah, and she she basically and then it kind of just a- goes downhill from there. She has she a extremely badass catchphrase too. Yeah, her 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 daughter says it like, again in later know, in the episode. She shows up, and I'm watching this the first time, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, we're actually gonna have like. Are we actually going to have a female character? <laughs> I with, also had this like, reaction. You know, oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? Is are we going to have a good female character? No. No. She sta- yeah, immediately no. starts fighting the Fangire and gets her ass handed to her. 
and yeah. it's 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 embarrassing. Do do you know what this reminds me of? Actually, I mean, she's not doing that bad. Do Do you remember like early Bayonetta? This is like the bad version of the Bayonetta reveal. Yeah, it is. I don't remember that one. What do you? We're like we're like Bayonetta gets like of, her clothes cut off in the very beginning of Bayonetta. She's dressed up as a nun to pray to call the angels down, oh. and then she starts fighting them and is like dodging attacks by a hair's breadth, and it's ripping across her nun's outfit to reveal her actual outfit below. Right, and it's it's, been it's a ten... really well designed and it's titillating because yeah, it's that's, been ten that's years fucking since Bayonetta. I've seen that. <laughs> um, so this is the bad version of it. Yeah, it's not great. It uh, it is extremely. She has a cool outfit, and then uh, apparently cannot move in it, and it gets slashed off of her. <laughs> she apparently she's went got for like... aesthetic overfunction. Well, so, so like she, she's also in heels in that morning outfit, and then is in like boots afterwards. So I don't know where that change happened either. Garrett, shut up. No, no, I'm not going to. So yeah, she she it's tries to attack. Change. The, she tries the, the to rule of the cool does not apply when when it's being done poorly. <laughs> yeah, but she's got cool boots now. Uh, so she tries to attack the Fangire and it just disappears. Yeah. So <sighs> she gets one good hit in. It claws a door that then we see in the future later, and then it disappears. Yeah. Um. As the camera zooms back, there's this uh effect around the edge of the camera lens that looks like a multicolored like stained glass kaleidoscope thing that yeah. I initially assumed meant we were seeing from the perspective of a fangire. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it's that just... just means, hey, we've gone back into the past. Yeah, it, it just uh, indicates time shift. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after failing to fight this fangire, uh, our, our unnamed female Belmont She's not actually a Belmont, but I'm just going to keep calling her that. I um, mean, she has a she has a sword that turns into a, well, I guess it's more of a dagger. She has a yeah, blade she, that turns she into has, a whip. Yeah, she has an ivy sword. Whips yeah, are not a normal thing Calibre. to fight vampires with. Only Belmonts do that. Oh, uh, well, no. Jonathan from Portrait of Ruin did, and he's not a Belmont. Oh, yeah, but he was a Morris. Yeah, but not the, a Belmont. The, the, Mor- the Morrises are like, they're, they're Belmont appendant. Oh, my. Are we really doing this? <laughs> yeah. No. You want to throw down with me about nerdy Castlevania lore? No, you Damn right I'm up this for that. Stuff, though. Okay. Yeah, let's All do right. that after Kiva. <laughs> so, our, our 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 woman, who we learned Her name, name is Yuri. Yuri. Um, goes to the store's shop, which this time is a place called Cafe Maldemur. I, 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 every time I saw it, I thought it said made. <laughs> every time. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and so she meets up with her, like, handler or her employer or something. I, I don't know, because, like, I think the other guy that walks in is also the handler. But yeah. he's just, like, the in-charge handler. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's the one that's actually the handler. And the guy that's doing it, this is his first day of training. So he's shadowing. So, so he's I assume still the training cafe, 22 years the later. The cafe owner's one of those, um, oh, frick, what do you call him in, like, World of Darkness or whatever? It, it's somebody who, who, holds, who holds down a safe house. He's, he's somebody who holds down a oh, safe house. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, is he like... I think uh, so. No, I, it, it's not It's not the same as uh, Mr. Johnson and Shadowrun, but that's what it, that made me think of. Yeah, s- similar to that. Yeah, kind of like that. 
but yeah, uh, and she she works in this uh, cafe that I, I definitely thought I, that the the sign said made made a more as in made yeah, love. Yeah, it's it, it, she works in this <laughs> she works well she doesn't work in the cafe. She apparently works as an ineffectual secret agent who goes out and accosts Fangires but never defeats them. Well, she does keep them from murdering people. That's a plus. Yeah. Maybe That's true. I mean, she she clearly fails actually. Actually, yeah, no, not <laughs> thinking about it. I like every single every single victim that a Fangire goes after in these four episodes dies. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, maybe that is true. I think. Yuri is also terrified of puppies, and I don't get it. <laughs> well, that's that 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 read to me as she had some sort of traumatic experience when she was younger, and literally can't get over it. Yeah, some which, people really, really don't like dogs, even when which, they're adorable and clearly. You harmless. are working for a secret organization that is meant to go out and fight evil, life essence stealing mm-hmm. monsters. You'd think they'd pay for the therapy to help her get over that. Well, you see, Evan, it was 86. Therapy wasn't recognized yet. Yeah, it's 86 in Japan, so... Oh, God, I read an article once about when mental health care started becoming more culturally accepted in Japan, but cannot for the life of me remember... I'm willing to bet it was after 86. I'm willing to bet it was in the 2000s. I I wouldn't actually disagree with you. It might be 90s, early 2000s. I don't want to guess, but yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, hot so, take. Uh, mental health is a thing. It's valid. Um, go do things if if you need quick to. Quick note. It, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Take care of yourself. Yeah. That's don't all. be embarrassed to tell people about uh, if you don't have a hard time to ask for help. And that that's. It's our Saturday after school special <laughs> statement of take care of yourself, kids. <laughs> Look, look, we have set this up to release at 8.30 Central time on Saturdays. We we definitely fill the Saturday morning cartoon slot. <laughs> Take care of yourself, kids. The world is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> um, right. Okay, so, so next scene with uh, in the past is... Uh, the... Well, she, she, gets, oh, she right. gets her next... Uh, Yuri gets her next assignment. It's like, right. so I know you didn't actually finish off this first one. But here's this other one that you have to go after. Right. Yeah, because and... the handler comes in and like he he has like this game going with the shop owner about like who has a better BMI. And it's... I was actually wondering, like, was the is the game to guess each other's BMI or is it I to think like it's literally just to who has the better BMI? That day. I think it's to guess and then also be the better. Okay. That's weird, but okay, whatever. It's a little weird, yeah. So, yeah, her next target is this uh, businessman. Yep. Who They make learned... a point that he's uh, been benefiting from the economic bubble in the late 80s in Japan. Mm-hmm. Which, I which you're extremely aware Yakuza of if Zero. you played Yakuza 0. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slight non sequitur. Yakuza games are real fucking good. You should play them. All right, that's all. I need uh, to finish Kiwami. Yakuza just imagine, just imagine if there's a Yakuza game, but you were a common writer. That would be so amazing. Um, Kazuma Kiryu is a common writer without a suit. But but imagine if you had like the suit part. He doesn't need it. But imagine if it was there. It is, and then he takes it off to oh, show off boy. his tattoo. 
his suit is his literal suit. He doesn't wear a mask, though, so he can't be a common Rider. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so, yes, they learned... Remember how you fight that is... one incredibly old guy over and over again in Yakuza 0? And it's always like, how much do you like getting beat the fuck up, man? A lot. He likes it a lot. He really likes it. That's his kink. Right. Don't kink shame him. <laughs> so Okay, uh, I've got on, a motorcycle. I'm definitely going to win on with Kiva. this uh, we learn they they're suspecting this businessman because um in the past I'm not sure how short of a time it is but he's gone through like five, five secretaries. secretaries and they just all have disappeared suspiciously so I guess that implies that when the fangires eat people's souls essences color whatever that they just disappear from reality yeah like it's it I was I was questioning that. Now, like now that I've now that I'm seeing this and talk, going over it, it's making more sense. But I was sitting here as we're watching, and I see the people like go transparent and they collapse, and then nothing gets done about the bodies. And so I'm I'm sitting here going like, are do they like dissolve or do I we like, just or do we just have a hospital full of transparent people now? I, I thought like they were actually think... transparent at first because I I thought that it was going to be like a they turn into unstained glass. I ooh. But that that's w- not what's going on. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not directly, but I can at least see the um. They the kind of look like stained glass. They, they're literally draining the color from somebody, and as mm-hmm. stained glass, stained glass is like it's drained color and it's injected in there. And it's I can I'm not sure if that's an actual thing they came up with, but I could see it. Yeah. See, now it's not so funny when I said they're draining the color. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's still a little rainbow brighty, but you know. No, it's definitely a little rainbow bright. So, uh, Yuri goes and poses as a secretary for this guy. No, she actually doesn't. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. No, No, she's the one doing bike tricks. Yeah, she. Yeah, she drives up and starts motorcycle ramming this guy, the the guy's car, after he like menaces the secretary and is like, "I'm gonna eat you." Right, right, right. And then she just comes up and does bike tricks. She she um, wheel rams out the windows, and I'm like, you could just punch those, you know. And I, I love that he calls her, he calls his bodyguards. Yeah. Gets out of the car, transforms, and fights her. Very easily. Obviously beats her because this is because what Kiva does. Yeah, because she's she's a woman in Kiva, so she can't do anything. Um, I really interpreted and... this more as just humans can't compete with the Fangires, but, you know. If, <laughs> I would agree with that if we had seen any male character fight a Fangire set. You, you're definitely, yeah, you're you're right about that. That is I, a, it, a good I, point. If, if that happens, <laughs> that we see some just guy try and fight and well, we did. get we saw up, um. Atoya do that when he steals her weapon in the later episode, and he's basically just as effective as her with no training. Well, has she had training? Do we know that? Actually, I, f- I think Atoya was a little bit more effective. He actually got hits in. I mean, she gets hits in, too. There's definitely sparks caused by her. <gasps> yeah. So, the guy transforms into a horse fangire, which looks real cool. Unless, like, yeah, tosses her aside and begins walking off, going after his secretary who's running away. And the guy's bodyguards show up, and he's like, hey, so this woman attacked me. Get her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he called them on course. his extremely huge car phone that I'm like, oh, yeah, 80s. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so Yuri gets driven off and can't do anything. Yeah, she has to go pretend to be macking on some dude. Yeah. And uh and this character that's, is that's the end of the past in No, we're not, we're not oh, done wait. yet. Right. Yeah, they, they have the the warehouse sequence still. Well, we get, first, yeah, b- before that we though, like get we get to meet Kur and I, Atoya. Yeah. Also known as Common Rider Grease from from Build. Build's real yeah, good, run, guys. She runs away into hide from the bodyguard. She like hugs up on Otoya and is like, "Oh yeah, hey, thanks for hiding my face." And the bodyguards run off and he he's immediately like, "Oh yeah, this is great. A woman hugging." He me. he's immediately like, "Flirt flirt flirt, flirt flirt, flirt flirt." And so uh if you want if you want an idea of how this guy flirts, you ever, you ever seen Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> It's literally just, hey girl, hey girl, hey, hey, hey girl, hey, hey girl, hey. I really like how he goes in for another kiss and she just like palms him in the face and shoves him to the side. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Like, I I also see him as just like bad host club person. (laughs) Yeah. And so then uh, Yuri Yuri basically shoves him into bushes and goes after the fangar. Um... And when she catches up with him, they do a bit more fighting, but she's ineffectual again. Okay, so I, okay, first we she she gets to watch the fangire kill that that secretary lady. Yes. Um. So there's that. But then, I mean, she does get the cool, do this kind of cool thing where like she she flings her her whip thing up there and gets to pull him down off a ledge. Yeah, yeah he runs away. I I assume that you know she had him for a minute there until uh. You know, the schmoozy guy interrupts again and is like, hey, I wasn't done creeping on you. Yeah. And he just immediately shows up and, like, grabs her in a hug. And he's like, oh, hey, girl, I bet you were lonely. Hey, how about it's we, pretty funny, how honestly. We get together, girl? Yeah. I mean, he's he's like, OK, you're clearly in the middle of some sort of world of darkness fight here. But um, wait a minute. I, I need to I need to be weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, like, I don't hate him because it's just like so exceedingly extra and over the top he's extremely non-threatening i gotta say <laughs> yeah I, I i feel like if it was played closer to a reality thing it would read exceedingly different and i think that's how you see it evan yeah it's i i'm 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 reading too much and i'm i'm expecting him to act like an actual person and not a character on a tv show and in in actual reality all of his actions are super fucking creepy, and he's a weirdo and needs to fucking stay away from women. Right. Right. But in a show, uh, I guess it's fine. It's not she fine, is about, but it's She is it's about creepy. half a head taller than him and straight up, like, lifts him into the air by his she, collar. She, she lifts him into the air and then beans him in the face and knocks him out. Yeah, he, he gets... He gets hit by her like multiple times throughout these four episodes. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "That's fine." She she kissed me, so you know it's it's cool. And even at the end of the fourth episode, when he's he's relaxing in the bath and he's got this big black eye, and he's like, "Ooh, getting hit by women is uh, kind of nice." He's into it. Don't kink shame him. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not kink shaming him. It's just interesting that he's like, "Oh, I have awakened to a new feeling." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm starting to like Kerr and I now that I'm fucking making him into a weirdo like this in my head. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's kind of how how I kind of see him as well. 
Because again, like if 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 this was just played like straight up, this would be awful and bad. But uh, Any, so anyway, we're done with the past now. We yeah, can go the, to the past ends with the Fangar getting away and Kurinai making a nuisance. making a nuisance of himself. Yeah. What? All right, so let's talk about the future. Um, we uh, have weirdos still the in the past future because but it's in two thousand eight, which uh, yes. is a decade ago now. Yeah, one over a decade. Even. Time needs to stop sometimes, you know. That'd be interesting. Okay, so in the present, we are introduced to Wataru. He is a weirdo. Yeah. Yes, we we are introduced to a young man who is in on on a day where it's not raining. He's wearing a rain slicker, a beanie, a mask over his face, safety goggles, uh, work scarf. boots, a scarf, and he is crouched behind a bush, waggling a. A cat's tail. Called it. Yeah, a cat's a cat, tail wait, thing. Waggling a cat tail toy at a cat. I also want to point out that, like, the scarf the scarf stays. Like, the scarf's not weird in this context. No, it's just he's wearing a scarf. Oh, yeah, he it's just like, always it's wears like a scarf. It's like a fashion scarf. Because scarfs are sexy. Yeah. And we, we learn that uh, this young man, Wataru, is trying to collect fish bones. Yeah, so the show doesn't explain this well. Well, it kind of gets explained further on the episodes. It, it implies he's it never trying. He's trying it. to make like the perfect like violin finish to like paint with or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying he's, to like cook up a, a like a wood varnish. A varnish. He's, yeah. he's 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 literally cooking wood varnish, which I understand why. Well, it's we learn like the, the scene immediately after <coughs> this where he's not even talking to this girl that comes up and gives him fish bones. He's got this little. He has uh, a notebook. He has a notebook that's filled with expressions that he just shows to people that have different little words and phrases. Yeah. Right. And this gets dropped by episode two. Yeah, no, it's gone immediately. Uh, um, but before that, it is extremely cute when she says, hey, don't do that. And he shows her a picture that says, I'm sorry. And she says, no, apologize to the cat. And he holds up the notebook that says, I'm sorry, toward the cat. It's extremely cute. Because the good. cat was sitting there eating some fish, and so he was trying to take the fish bones from the cat. Which that no, Wataru, that's not good. Yeah, let the cat have nice things. He, he so like learned... bows to the cat and, attend- and is like, "Sorry," holds up the yeah. sorry sign. And we learned that Wataru <laughs> is not particularly liked in his neighborhood because of the wood varnish smell, which makes sense because wood varnish is very, very smelly. I assume and this is not the first weird thing that Wataru no, has ever subjected yeah, they, these people to. They talk imagine, about it like the his quote unquote mom mentions like I they say like dog poop is one of the things he tried. Like he's flat literally out, just been cooking random things into varnish <laughs> to try and get the right color. Because apparently he doesn't know how to like open a textbook or do an internet search, something. Yeah. Well, I think he he's trying to, he's trying to like mimic the violin that his father made. So he's he's trying to get he's trying to match the color of it. Right, right. Because apparently this this violin that he has is the perfect violin. It's a masterpiece. It also it also senses fangire. I mean, that's also a thing it yeah. does. Yeah, it resonates when there are fangire attacks. So yeah. So we get an explanation as to why he's all dressed up like this. Is this mo- no <coughs> now, now what? When we're referring to his mom, this is not an actual mother. This looks to be like a middle school-aged or young high school-aged girl 
who acts as his caretaker. I, I thought she was a couple years younger than him. No, she's younger than, she is very obviously younger than him. I think he's like 17 or 18, or at least in his early 20s. And she is very obviously dressed like a high schooler or a middle schooler. I'm not yeah. 100% which. She is very, very young. Yeah. So, like, we haven't really, like, figured anything <laughs> out about her yet. We kind of just know what yeah. she says. And she's, yeah, no, she basically plays... These first like, four episodes, she gets no character building. Yeah, she's other just, than... Uh, she tells people to stop messing around with Wataru and just leave them I think her name is Shizuka? Place. Yeah. Shizuka and, and Nomura. Yeah, I, I kind of like her because... I, I, I kind of like her just because, you know, Wataru seems like he has some sort of weird spectrum disorder and... Her just going around telling people like stop being a dick about it like yeah oh, yeah that's nice. and she she's she's very protective of him it's obvious and yeah she acts very motherly towards him and it's little sweet little make me go oh, why are you here yeah she's not what? around Who often are you? and she doesn't super do much it's like why why are you here with Wataru how do you even know Wataru why is this middle-aged, possibly high school-aged girl going to this older dude's house to take care of him? <laughs> I think really, somewhere in here is like, also I'm, when we see uh, the little floating bat thingy for the first time. Yes, we, we are introduced to Kivak. Kivak yeah. has an third. extremely different aesthetic from every other supernatural thing in the show. He looks, he <laughs> looks like a flying toy. He is extremely a toy. Oh, yes. Yeah, Hello. I mean, he, he is extremely a toy. He's the belt. Right, yeah, right. He is the belt. He's the toy. He's the common Rider belt that he hangs upside down from because bats hang upside down. He he hangs upside down and his his little perch is inside a violin up on the wall that has a hole in it. It's it's like well, it's not an actual violin. It's like a stylized little roost for him that looks like a violin. It's real yeah. cute. He has such a he has such a manly like I I don't want to say manly because it's not like uh, cure you manly but he has a much more masculine voice than anybody well, else really it's kind of like a it's kind of like the the gentlemanly yeah I would thing. describe it as a romantic voice yeah it like is, the, yeah the gentleman romantic voice mm-hmm. and right. he likes long necks. Yeah. And he cannot he really lie. Long next. <laughs> so we get introduced good, to our next character. Uh, our, um... Megumi. Y Yuri's daughter? Megumi? Yuri's daughter. We don't learn she's Yuri's daughter for a while. Um, we get introduced <coughs> to her because... She's modeling. Trying to she, she, she's a model. Um, and she got it tired, so she's gonna go get food. And yep. so she gets fish, and Wataru steals her fish bones. And that's well, yeah, she specifically states that, like, it is very tiring having to pretend to smile. She does not like being in a, a model. Or she likes it, but it's just tiring. She hates people, and I'm like, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she's, like, really aggressive with Wataru. It's like, hey, stop messing with stuff, and also yeah, take off that so mask. She, she basically chases after him and forces him to go to... Uh, uh, Café Maldemur. Yeah. Do you and know what this yeah, kind of reminds me of, actually? Th this dynamic, it, it, what it... What it reminds me of specifically is is the Genshikin thing. With main character lady and main guy lady in Genshikin. 
little bit. But it also bit. just reminds me of the trope of like the the person who is not in the nerdy interest world trying to quote unquote fix the person in the nerdy interest world. Yeah, it's this has. So yeah, okay. So She's trying to manic is... pixie dream girl him, and he is like, "No, thank you. I'm good." It's they sit down. It oh, man, if this was taken any other way, it'd be fucking sickening. Um, basically, they're having this conversation at the cafe, and she's interrogating him, and Wataru is literally shivering and shaking and kind of like cowering away from her. As she is coming up and, like, trying to rip his mask off and rip his hat, and he's flipped his little notebook to, someone please help me. <laughs> so, like, and how does he it's, have it's, that? How is that, like, a standard notebook thing he has? I don't know. I assume he just spends a lot of, he, he's probably run into this sort of thing before, you know? He's probably had time to prepare these. Yeah, and so... <laughs> She she takes off all his she she rips off his mask and goggles, and she's like, "Oh, you're actually kind of cute." And I mean, yeah, yeah. And there's like a glamour but... shot of of uh, him with his his uh cute um J drama teen heartthrob face. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's a cutie. Um, this is also where he first speaks too. Yeah. Because her, re- he immediately like slaps his hand over his mouth, like, "Oh God, I can't, I can't breathe anything." And I don't know why Megumi takes. I don't know if she's like playing around or being serious, but she's like, "Oh, you're, you're stunned because I'm so beautiful." And it's like, "Yeah," and fu-? she's like, "Girl, take a, what? Take a deep breath." And I'm like, "What? What if he really does have allergies, lady? What, yeah, what is your it, problem?" Yeah, he's telling her that she's got allergies, and she's like, oh, no, that's not a real thing. You'll be fine. Just breathe deeply. <laughs> like, she's never well, heard of allergies before? And, okay, like, <laughs> to be fair, he explains it as, I am allergic to this entire world. Right, right. That's fine. That that's slightly unusual, right. but it wouldn't make me grab somebody and start, like, manhandling them. Yeah, she's she's basically, she is a, like, she's not hurting him. But it could be construed as assault. Because he's very obviously, for a while, he's very obviously trying to get away from her. Right. And also, like, that the shop, shop owner guy is just, just kind of watching. Yeah, that's yeah. really, he's in the back of the, sh- like, he's in the back of the shots just staring and creeping, like, mm, not saying anything, not moving. I assume he probably knew Wataru's father and, like, knows what's going on or something. Something like that. Maybe. I mean, that's true. They They do kind of establish that later on but <laughs> all right so man it's fucking so know, uh so megumi gets a gets a call and then that that lets uh wataru escape yeah and that's how that scene ends megumi is going to a lunch date with oh hey man this guy looks really familiar it's, it's the... the horse monster guy it is the businessman okay. who is the horse monster. Yeah, they do the thing where she's like, "Oh, hey, I can't believe I'm meeting you!" And she pull and like the she drops a magazine down from in front of the camera, and it shows his face in a way that says, "This person should look familiar." But I don't know, my weird face blindness. I'm like, who is this guy? 
Yeah. I, I've done that a lot in the show. I'm I'm bad with it, so this this like two different years thing is totally gonna mess with me the entire season. Okay, also I know this is maybe a a little bit, you know, problematic and I'm sorry, but uh young Japanese teen male heartthrobs all kind of have a similar look to me. Yeah. It <laughs> it is a very manufactured face. And like, I don't know, just the J-drama look makes it really hard for me to tell people's faces apart. I mean, they do particularly look for certain things, so like... Yeah. Um, so Megumi is going to go visit the guy at his studio while he gets photographed. Right. And Wataru is... Well, we go back to Wataru real quick, and he's in the bath like, Man, maybe I'm not actually allergic to everything. Th- there's a lot and of I- bath things going on. Yeah, if maybe if I'm able to breathe this world, this world's dirty air, that means I'm human too. Which we don't get explained yet, but that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. think about yeah. the dirty air of the human world. Yeah, but uh, Kavat is Kiv- floating in the bath in a little violin floaty thingy. It's extremely it's cute. cute. Yeah, I mean Kavat's like, all right, that that's cool. <laughs> and then he just so, starts talking about mm, those necks. Mm, yeah, necks. Ooh, girl, have you ever seen this guy's paintings? He made really good paintings about. He drew really oh, long necks. necks. Oh yeah. <laughs> so then we get to see Megumi try and fight. Uh, well, Megumi gets kidnapped. Ca- like she like plays along and goes to the shoot, and this guy like drops like this convenient like black Blackout background thing that he thing? has yeah yeah and then it's like oh no he's he's gonna kill megumi and then and then he gets shot with like three arrow things and yeah. oh it shows megumi has like this oh. super tiny crossbow gun thing well uh a hand cross I, she's got a hand crossbow yeah well the, he That's menaces her crossbow. he initially menaces her and then it cuts to the significantly less tense scene of them explaining about the weird varnish thing before right. the crossbow yeah. thing happens. And then it's like this weird thing where like um and Nomura is like listing the things that Wataru tried and then he's like cowering in fear. I'm unsure if he's cowering in fear or if he's sensing the fan gear. I, I feel like it's no either idea. way. Well, he doesn't sense oh. the fan. Ga- Let's. I think the like, I think the idea is does... supposed to be that it's it uh made him upset that she's pointing out all the times he's failed to do this. Yeah, I, yeah, no, that's it. It's literally okay. she's listing his failures, and he's that sensitive. Gotcha. But, yeah, because he has a real pouty look on his face, and then gazes bit. over at the violin. Because like in one of the later episodes, like he's he's like out and about, and he also notices the fan guyer when he's not with the violin yeah. too. So. But yes, we, uh, so, yeah, Megumi, like, shoots the horse fangire in the stomach, which it does nothing, and he just slaps him out and starts I mean, attacking her. I it, it did enough where he loosened the grip and she was able to get away. I think that, I think it's not that it hurt him, it's literally like, he was like, what the fuck just hit me in the stomach? Look, I, I'm, I'm trying here. The, I know. The I people know who are. are subtitling this also really like to have the villains say bitch. They say it a lot. Like, literally yeah. every time they say anything, they yeah. have bitch in it. I'm like, okay, guys. And we learn how uh, Kiva is able to find the Fangires, where the violin, his dad's violin, will start, like, resonating a certain note. 
and that means oh hey a fangire is about that's actually why does it do this yeah, because he's he starts playing one of the violins in his uh, well, he's specifically room. playing like his dad's violin. Yeah, yeah, he takes and it out and plays it. I assume to chill out. Uh, and yeah, then it starts resonating, and he's like, "Oh shit, Fangire stuff." So uh, yeah, so before we get Fangire. to that though, um, when when Megumi's getting getting beat up, uh, she has like a clip for her hand crossbow that is like super like close to her mother's whip and that's that's a neat thing i i dig yeah. that yeah i thought that was pretty really cool good. actually oh yeah so yes but then he sprays smoke case... at her apparently so hard that she falls off this parking garage so yeah, yeah we, get, we, we get to see megumi get beat up by the horse fangire for a while and it's it, he has no challenge yeah uh, it's i mean he's slapping her around as if it's nothing I am actually curious, uh, like, do these Belmonts have a finishing move or something that they're trying to set up? Because they don't seem to really have a good way to, you know, deal with the Fangires. Yeah, because, I mean, this guy's only been kicking around for, like, 22 22 years. Yeah, it it makes me think, like, this this organization that she's a part of is really terrible. Maybe they just try to distract the vampires. Have, have Have they had any successes? That is also my question. Maybe they'll go into it later. I don't know. I don't know. (coughs) But uh, Wataru shows up, transforms into Kiva, and like does a running. I'm the horse Fangire is choking out Megumi on top of a car and is going to kill her. Before we get to that, I I feel like you gloss over that Wataru does like a a hundred percent like one eighty. And yeah. he's like walking badass down like this this like alley street yeah. thing. Yeah, he's a and different like, person he when yeah. he gets ready to turn into Kiva. He's he's no longer Wataru. He's Kiva. Yeah. Uh, like differ- also, Kiva's suit between... actor is extremely good. Uh, he is very physical and uh, just he kicks ass. Basically, I, I think he's yeah, really cool. It is it is kind of insulting how easily he defeats this Fangire compared to. The trouble every single other per every single other person that has fought a fangire it's been that can do nothing and kiva's just like nah okay you're done goodbye yeah kiva just kind of just wins yeah he he kicks ass uh the fangires apparently fangire powers are amazing or whatever so and we get to see the first rider <laughs> i forgot that he does the thing where i'm gonna lip I'm going to jump up and hang off a bar and be upside down and punch you. Yeah, with it. yeah. yeah. He hangs upside down and then on on a truck and then punches the horse guy because bats hang upside down. Yeah. yeah. Did you also notice they they have like a car budget this season and they like have cars crash into yeah, each yeah, other they, like they mess up multiple a couple times. Cars. They do like body damage to the cars. I mean, they don't blow them up or anything, but yeah. And we get to see a really neat way of how the Fangires summon their weapons. Which is literally, they shatter some of the glass that's on them. Right, yeah, he like holds up his forearm and hits it with his other arm, and the glass shatters off of it, and turns into a sword. sword. That's so cool. I love the fang guys. Do you think, like, Iga, like, took some inspiration for either Order of Ecclesia or... Now that I'm watching this, must be. Like, there's no way that's a coincidence. (laughs) It's it's real. I, I, I say again... I adore the visual design of this show. Uh, unless they're it's... both referencing some something else that's prominent in Japanese culture that I don't know about, or it's one of those things where it's a pun or something yeah. that's you know obvious to them. But it's yeah, real cool though. 
If it's not what if it's not like they're both referencing a third thing, it really seems like Bloodstained might have taken some inspiration from Kiva. So we get to see our first rider kick of the show is the feet. Um I this is so edgy in the best way. It's a really it is, good rider kick. <laughs> so he he inserts this little I don't know what it is. <coughs> it's Kibot. a fusel. Okay. What is a fusel? Uh, Kavat. It's like a little whistle thing. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense for what it does li- for what they do later. Oh, yeah, he yeah, puts it, it in like, his mouth and then it blows and it makes the sound. Yeah, it casts a like magic a whistle. spell that summons the blood moon, so yeah. Um yeah, so like so this this is rider kick the war it becomes night, a giant blood moon comes out. Kiba kicks up his left or right? His right leg which has this weird has had this thing like it's a pair of wings that have been chained up around the leg. Kavat flies around the leg, the chains shatter, and the wings open, and there's an eye on his foot. Kiva jumps up in the air, and he's upside down, being lifted by the leg, and does super cool rider <laughs> kick. And he pushes the fangire back into a building, and a big emblem of Kiva, the big emblem of Kiva yeah. explodes on the wall behind him, and it's super cool. It looks kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan the symbol. You know? I don't know. <laughs> Anyone else yeah, saw and, that? And... I, I had forgotten about the building dragon, so he, he kicks the fangire <laughs> into the wall, and then it's like this building, and a dragon's head comes out of the side of this skyscraper, and I'm just, what? Well, it's not okay. It's fuck? not like it's not the thing you the thing you have to understand about the building dragon. The building after he after Kiva kicks this guy into a wall, we cut the camera cuts to a place we've never seen before, a totally random nondescript building. That has nothing to do with anything else we've seen in the show. And a dragon head comes out of that building that doesn't look anything like any of the other stuff. (laughs) The dragon head turns into a castle that is apparently hidden inside the skyscraper that flies... It flies off and the skyscraper, like, becomes half of its own size. Yeah, it's... Also, like, underneath the top half, it shows the giant Kiva logo, too. Yeah, it's like a magic emblem. And the... The, as the dragon flies off, the sky, the top half of the skyscraper, like just goes Woo! and falls down and lands on the bottom part of the skyscraper, and right. nobody notices this. Yeah, apparently, it's fine. Um, so we go back. But it yeah. goes back to Kiva real quick, and we see the fangire. Like a a pulse of energy goes down Kiva's leg, and the fangire shatters and turns into this glowing ball of light. Just yeah, like in blood stained. Yeah, it turns yeah, into like bit. a. Uh, it, it looks like it shatters in in glass and water, like there's a fluid in there or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, and then, yeah, it turns back to day, and we see this doofy as hell dragon church come wiggling through the air, going. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. And he eats the ball of light. Okay, hey Evan, I I have a request. Can can we have yeah. a castle dragon in D anD D? Maybe later. Okay. The thing is, th- this thing looks like a cross between Zonatos's castle from Gargoyles, a Ray Harryhausen monster, and Mini Illa from the Showa Godzilla movies. <laughs> yeah, it it eats the ball of light, burps a little bit, and then flies off. Yeah. And that is all the explanation we get for that thing so far. And, and uh, Kavat says, like, oh, finish like finish eating the, like, the little shine thing. Like, come on. 
Um, and so and then, then it just leaves. We... It just leaves. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And the episode ends with Megumi trying to shoot Kiva in the back. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually <coughs> see him hit or anything. Yeah, but... it like stops midair. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, now I understand why when the weird dragon castle showed up in Zeo, you were like, oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah. All right, so let's oh, move there on was to episode two. One tiny bit, or, we, we skipped over something in that in that fight he had with the uh, the Fangire that I thought was pretty cute. Is At mm-hmm. one point, the Fangire goes to stab him in the stomach with his sword, and, oh, and Kavat... Yeah, I- Kavat gra- grabs the sword in his fangs uh, before it can stab him and is like, haha, too bad. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. I thought it was nice. G- it's really K- good. Kavat's really good. <laughs> I'm yeah, not sure whether I, like I think him. Kavat is extremely great or extremely silly or cool. He's just... He's so weird. <laughs> I feel like this is like a why not both. Yeah, that's it's a mascot character that I enjoy. It's Which true. Is weird. <laughs> all right. So yes, next we have episode two. That was all Sweet. episode one. How long have we been? Yeah, that was all episode guys? one. We, we we record on episode one for an hour. Jeez. Well, we we did do like the the intro stuff for like yeah, half an hour before it's true. that. Common Rider Kiva's a lot. It's a lot. Kiva well, is a lot. <laughs> Kiva is a lot. So yes, episode two. Sweet father and son violin. Yep. Uh, uh, same writer, like the writer is going to be anyway for this. Um, the first two yep. episodes are directed by um, Ryuta Tazaki. Tazaki. Yeah. The the director does change. So Tazaki, that would be pronounced Tazaki. Okay. Wait a minute, Hidenori Ishida. How do I know that name? I don't know. Hidenori. Eh, it does sound familiar. Hidenori... Did he maybe do some Kuga stuff? Possibly. They are looking ahead at episode three that is directed by this different person. Veteran. Oh yeah, no, he did a bunch of Kuga episodes. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did some of the first. He directed the first two episodes of Kuga, and like some other ones in between. And the last couple. He worked on Kuga, Agito, Ryuki, Five Five. He worked on Fies, Blade, Blade, Hibiki. Okay, yeah, he's basically been with the show through. Looks like pretty much the entire Heisei era. Yeah. Up through Gaim. Yep. Yeah. Alright, so episode two. Uh, we get to see all the un- all the little intro thing it intro bit is is Kiva turns around, slaps the uh bolts out of the air, is just like, nah. I thought he caught them. Doesn't he catch them leaves. on his gauntlet? I thought he just like knocked him away. Here, let me let me watch it again. Yeah, no, they definitely stick in his arm and then fall to the ground. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, he they doesn't really have gauntlets. They just... They just, he just takes them right on the arm and then drops yeah. them to the floor. <laughs> he just stares at her, then turns and keeps walking. And so she pulls out her phone, and I don't know how she gets this super shitty picture that she gets later. Well, this is like legit obviously... like, a, like a digital camera. Oh, yeah, that is like a digital camera. Shit. I just... It looked... Man, it makes... You can tell the we're word like right. Like, we're like, oh yeah, it's her phone. I was like, wait, no, wait, no. That <laughs> it's literally a digital camera. Yeah, we're yeah. like right before smartphones. Uh, the iPhone would have been out in two thousand eight, wouldn't it have? It just wasn't like widely adopted yet. I don't think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. 
So, back in the past again, 1968, um, Yuri. You mean 1986? 1986, yes. Yuri, having failed another mission, uh, is given another mission. uh, And is told. Are you going to say that every time? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Until it stops being true. Um, she gets another mission. Oh, wait, no, this is where we get the body ma- BMI thing. No, going. it was in the first that, episode, It was too. in the first episode, too. Oh, jeez. They do it a lot. When I first it's watched it, I, I thought, when I first watched it, I thought the show was actually being worse than it was, and they were both trying to guess Yuri's BMI. Oh, oh yeah, I definitely didn't get that. Yeah. I'm glad I'm wrong. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, so... Yuri is getting a new mission. It's like, okay, so apparently there's a Fangire going around. I guess the first Fangire has just disappeared and has stopped doing things. Um, yeah, that's weird. Oh huh? yeah, he's got he's got a when when um the the guy the guy in the weird suit walks up to him to do the BMI thing. He's doing that uh the pinch test, like one yeah. of those weird claw apparatus things that like you pinch your yep. arm and it measures your BMI. Yeah. I've like uh, yes. only so ever seen one of those this... like once or twice. So. Totally didn't recognize. We get told this new Fangire is targeting female violinists. Um and that so go protect go, I I Yuri, I know you failed protecting every other person but go protect this lady. Do you think they only have like the one person? Do you think it isn't actually an organization? It's just this dude <coughs> who who really enjoys sending this girl out to fail. <laughs> that just makes it worse, and I don't want to think that. Are there fangires in other countries than Japan? Do fangires even actually exist? I mean, yeah. Well, presumably, yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so. No, it's, it, nah, it's uh, swamp gas. I, I don't <laughs> think this is like a Silent Hill situation. They look like monsters to you? <laughs> anyway, so Yuri is tasked so, with protecting who they think is going to be the next violinist um, attacked. By yes. posing as her manager. No, yes. bodyguard. Like, legit just bodyguard. Is it? Oh, I thought it was a manager bodyguard thing. I, I guess she just manager. does both. I see. Excuse me, who are you? Oh, no, it's, yeah. Not bodyguard. T- starting today, I've been assigned as your manager. Oh, was it manager? Oh, wow. Well. Yep. Anyway, and so she- and as fate would denote it, um, Hotomi, who is this violinist, is a student under Atoya because because this is Kiva, and he has to be important. I mean, uh, he, he's I mean, I, probably I, a fangire, right? Like, okay, I, I kind of so, thought he was. No, actually, no, he's not. He is. Oh, okay, no, he's he's one hundred percent human. I I um, thought that uh, Kiva was like. A, was a blade and was like half Fangire or something. Well, I think Kiva is Wataru. half Fangire. I think Wataru is half Fangire. Right. So, I, okay. Yeah. So, so uh, the violin guy is going to hook up with the Fangire at some point? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, we, Who knows? we learn that. Uh, also, I, I do, I do want to go back. Like, it, it is not specifically a Kiva problem that, of course, he's there. That's that's just a plot contrivance thing. Yeah, no, that's a plot. That's the story plot contrivance. I mean, I would have believed that he had been following her around, <laughs> like figured out where she was going to be, because he's a and weird. We learned that, that Otoya um, 
But Otoya's, yeah, he's he was like this he, big he's deal a in the violin world. Who, like, he was like, yeah, virtuoso of the violin world. I'd imagine the first chair in a couple orchestras, and he just quit, just because. Yeah, apparently he liked messing with people better. Apparently he liked creeping on women better. I mean, to be fair, he he does fuck with guys too. So. Yeah, they show he messes with guys a lot. I I think he, I think he's actual equal opportunist in that sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at the next at Hanomi's next concert, after it's over, Yuri goes looking for him. Oh no, Hitomi's gone. She must be being attacked by the fan- Fangire. And of course, Otoya shows up. He's like, "Hey, I see the room's empty. Let's get it home, baby." He's like, I sent her away. And I'm like, I don't think that actually happened. But No, he okay. says, yeah, I no. bet you sent her away. So, yeah, I bet you sent her away so that we can be alone. <laughs> She's just like, no, shut the fucking, yes. shut the fuck up and leave. He already slaps him. And <laughs> I lo- yeah, she slaps him and he looks and he's looking away and then looks up at her and smiles like, yeah. Oh, actually, we didn't mention nice. that in this episode that uh, he is wearing a jaguar print blazer over a white turtleneck with like a gold bandolier chain across it. He, he is certainly wearing some swag. It's really interesting. <laughs> but uh, so Yuri runs off, and we get to see <coughs> that she's. Oh, we 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 see a jogger. Yeah, someone comes. Is... So they set up this exceedingly extra, like Hitomi's, like at like this fountain place, and there's like some columns and stuff, and she's Man, looking all majestic like, playing the violin. I I I was looking at this, and I'm like, you know, at the very start, I'm still thinking she's the victim, and then I'm like, wait a minute, literally, why would she just go out in the middle of nowhere? And start playing the violin like this? Yeah, it's like, like 100% wh- a villain thing. That's a villain move. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is super a villain scene. And so we get this jogger. I'm curious is, where he, in Japan they just have, like, random Greco-Roman columns <laughs> with fountains. So, like, no I'm, I, I might be misremembering, but I'm, like, 90% sure this is, like, um, a location they use in X-Aid at one point. Maybe. I, I set it up to make you think that this random jogger that comes by is the Fangire. Yeah. He's like enthralled by her music and is l- stalking towards her. And Yuri runs up. It's like, no, get away, Hitomi. <gasps> you know, have I, to get out of here. I think this is a solid reveal, actually. Yeah, this it is, is pretty good. No, this is a good reveal. Yeah, actually, um, apparently she has some sort of hypnotic violin playing power. Yeah. And uh, Hitomi is the fangire and sucks the life force out of the jogger. She's just smirking at Yuri, and Yuri's going to try attacking her. And then Atoya comes up, and he's like, Whoa! Girls! Don't fight over <laughs> no, me! No, you're fighting over me. <laughs> but I love both of you. It's okay. Get the fuck out of the way! <laughs> I would hate him more if he weren't so pathetic. <laughs> yeah, and so Yuri, like, sends her chain whip at the Fangire lady, and it, it, it knocks the violin. The, it knocks the violin out of her hands in a way. Which apparently activated her enrage timer or something. Yeah, it super pissed off the Fangire lady. Yeah, so then Man, she... I love that super casual throw of the violin bow. That's so cash. That's great. 
Because she trans she gets super pissed and transforms, and Atoya is the first time seeing the monster, and is like, oh god! And so she transforms, and she's still holding the violin bow, and she just super casually just toss it off the left. I don't need this. Yeah. She, she's an octopus of fan gear. Fan gear. Mm-hmm. Oh, I keep calling that, them fan gears, but... She kind of looks like and, it. And, uh... So she goes down and starts fighting Yuri and is easily beating Yuri. You know, par it's for the course. Par for the course. Yuri gets a Yuri gets... I mean, Yuri, Yuri gets got in a, good, a few good hits. She, you know, yeah. hits her a couple Man, times. Chris, the phrase, I got a, I got a few good hits in, though. Is there any... <laughs> Is there any worse phrase? I mean, she's when, fighting when a weird superpowered monster with, like, an extremely ineffective-looking whip thing. This know? is kind of yeah. just like, well, at least I didn't get perfected by Daigo. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. But she's she's literally got... She has got right, but the, what if Daigo murdered has... people when he, when he won uh, fight? When he won <laughs> rounds or whatever? That would be a thing. I love that the Fangire has it has Yuri on the ground and is just like stomping her in the po- pool of water. Just stay down, dear. You hurt my violin. Yeah, she looks super. And then off. Fa- yeah, Fangire runs off, picks up a violin, like, oh god, okay, so I think it's fine. Yuri's like, no, come back. Fangire turns around and like blows a hole through the center of the violin. Yeah, yeah, she does the whip launch thing, and uh, yeah, just wrecks this violin. Yeah, the whip thing is really cool. It's just super ineffective yeah, at doing anything. Yeah, the weapon is great. I love it. Yeah, it's why I get to call her a Belmont, which is, is great. I love but him. But Belmonts are effective. I mean, sometimes. Did you watch that Castlevania anime? I still have not yet. I heard it's actually it's pretty solid. I wasn't a huge fan, but you know, hey. Yeah. But, uh, so the monster runs away after, uh, getting super pissed and shooting, like, an explosive... Like an at ink Yuri. ball thing? Yeah, like yeah. Ink. I, I, yeah, it's, you know, an octopus ink spot spurt. Yep. Um, We're familiar so with this like, because uh, they Yuri did is like, the dunce, it's the same move the Dunscap monster had in... Uh, <gasps> Dunscap guy, I miss it him. It is. <laughs> in Kuga. Oh, oh man, that guy was great. <laughs> she starts putting away her stuff, and Atoya comes up and is like, hey, so I guess we're alone now. So, um... <sighs> so, and he's so like, I know this part's like on her... I know this part's important, but like, steal her weapon. Is there a reason why her weapon's in two parts? Like, it's not that big when it's combined. Literally, just just so that she can have the cool put her weapon together thing. Okay, I, think. Uh, I feel like that's a point of failure, though. I mean, if I were to really guess, I would probably think that because in Japan you're not allowed to walk around with like a blade just yeah. on your person, uh, and she could be arrested if uh, you know it weren't in two parts fair. or whatever. But yeah, as, as Evan was saying, uh, Atoya does yeah. some fake wooing to, to pickpocket the weapon. Like, oh god, the first time I saw him, like, sliding his hand yeah, up her Yeah, it looks like he's side, reaching up her shirt. I was like, are, you, are they really going here? Are they re- Oh, he's just, okay. I thought he was gonna, like, try start feeling her up, and I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't I didn't notice he was going after the knife. Man, I didn't think of as that. As soon as I did, I was like, oh, okay, okay, no, I'm in the wrong here. I like how, but, uh, how she says, is there something wrong with you? Didn't you see that monster thing? Yeah, and he's that's like, good. Um, no, I just, all I see is you, baby. <laughs> so she gets pissed and runs off. Yeah, and he starts messing with the thing. Like, <coughs> how do I, how because do I then, this thing together? Yeah, because afterwards he then confronts his student 
and he's like, how fucking dare you do this to music? What do you you even think music is? And, uh, so he fights her with, uh, Yuri? Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. He fights her with Yuri's weapon. Yep. And he, he gets a good few hits in. He's about as effective as Yuri. I mean, he's got the element of surprise, so. Yeah. Um, and she, like, she tentacles him and flip starts flipping him around and just as a lucky strike he like smacks her in the face with his feet oh yeah he does like the accidental like axe kick thing yeah so he he's fangar starts shooting at him and he does a dive dive and oh no i didn't get hit surprisingly but oh fangar's gone and i believe that's it for the past yep yeah, as in, it's yeah. not, uh, that storyline isn't continued until next episode, I believe. Well, I mean, the, the, technically the storyline is halfway finished. No, the, the, technically the storyline is finished, because that, that, uh, Fangire dies just, you know. In the future. Or the yeah. 22 years later. The, the I mean, the, like, <laughs> the idea where, like, where Yuri confronts Atoya and gets her weapon back does happen yes, in the next that, episode. That right, is right. next episode. So yes, now like each of the, the each of the parallel storylines are in like chronological order. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, we're not like moving backwards and forwards in these individual time periods. That God, that, I don't, I, that would not work at all. Uh, yeah, there's oh. already enough confusing shit going on, and like if they did, that would be one thing way too many. So yeah, yeah. So back in. Or in two thousand eight, um, yes, uh, Wataru Megumi... doesn't die. No, yes, he just kind of walks off, and Megumi goes and reports to her superior, which is the same is guy. Just this, it it's it is the same yeah, guy. Yeah, same guy. Oh, yeah, I can I can see it now that you mentioned I that. I yeah. didn't notice that, and, th- and that's why he's always at the gym. Yeah, he's still obsessed with fitness. Okay, yeah, I get Th- it. This okay. took me like the four episodes to figure out. <laughs> All right, well, better than me. So, yeah, he's working out at the gym. And she's telling him, so, yeah, I, I saw Kiva. You saw Kiva? Are you sure? Yeah, no, here's this picture. Don't tell this dude. He might try and kill Kiva. But don't we want to kill Kiva? N- no. Just no. I mean, do, like... How do they know what a Kiva is? Yeah, we have no Also, what is a what Kiva? Kiva is right, there's that. But, like, yeah, I'm like, Kiva, Kiva has so far been the only person we've seen able to kill a fangire. Fan they come up with a thing of like he's he might be a great threat to humanity. So that means we should kill him, right? No. No it does not. I wonder if that's going to play into the breaking of the chains of destiny. Maybe. Uh yeah. Okay, so after that we cut to Wataru smearing uh dead fish juice on on violins. He he, he has made wood varnish out of the dead fish. Right. And, and it's not right. It doesn't work. It's not right. Yeah, it's and not nearly dark enough. This, and also just tosses horrible. this violin in the trash. Yep. It's So then Nomura comes in and is like, hey, I got you a job to fix this violin. And Wataru first is like, I like, ah, I don't want to do the thing. And then he sees the violin, he's like, oh my god, let me see that girl. Who's Nomura? The, the lady who's his, the his mother guy. figure. Oh, her name is Nomura? Yeah, Shizuka and Nomura. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Shizuka, the motherly figure person. Yeah, I forgot. I I misread names. 
that's my fault. His uh, um, yeah, she's yeah, his girl companion type character. It's not that she comes in with the violin just yet. Uh, she's like, oh wait, no, it is. Yes, yeah. she says came in with this, and it's the oh, it's you don't learn with how this uh, scene is shot. You don't learn this until later in the episode. But it, oh, it's the same violin that yeah, not that the you learn it here because they hold it. They open the case, and you clearly well, yes, see there's but, a hole in it. But we don't. But with how the episode actually oh, airs chronologically, right, we right. don't learn that that's the Fangire's violin until the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I forgot that time was linear for a second there. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Wataru is super like, oh yeah, mm. I'm into this now. So, so they go out looking for wood for this um violin. I I, I like this and... scene. It's pretty cute. They're like walking it's around cute. with like that cleaver blade and stuff and they're always playing yeah. with it. Yeah, making it make the weird shaky noise. So it's a, a wood saw. I think it's a just specifically Japanese wood saw. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's something else. Yeah, it's the same thing that else. the girl in uh in Higarashi has. Yes. Oh, good. That's what I and thought so, of too. <laughs> and so they like they like go to this I'm not sure if it's a shrine or Oh no, it's it's a shop. <laughs> yeah, they want they want they're looking at the they're sign. trying to find wood. And think, oh, that might be good. So they're going to cut, cut it, and then they get chased off. And then, oh, hey, there's this table outside of uh, Cafe Memor that apparently is super perfect. And, oh, wait, here's here's Megumi again. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, he is, like, picking up the table and being weird with I mean, the table. to be fair, every time Megumi has seen Watcher so far, he has been doing something really weird. <laughs> That's yeah. true. He's always doing something weird. Uh, One thing I do kind of want to point out, um, okay, I'm not an expert, but I'm fairly certain that if you splinter, like, a string instrument's body, uh, they just tell you to get a new one at that point, because there's no, generally no repairing those to the state they were once in. Yeah, it it would, I believe, based on how, um, like, violins are made. Uh Uh-huh. You you can't just do a patch job. It it fucks with all the acoustics. Right. So if this is a skill that Wataru has, that does indicate that he's already incredibly skilled at this. Yeah. No. It if Wataru is, it, I mean, I guess technically he was able to repair a violin with bits and pieces. That's he is a master violin maker, but not yeah. good enough for himself to compare to his dad. So yeah, I I I think that tracks perfectly fine. So Megumi drags Wataru and Shizuka inside and starts trying to interrogate and berate Wataru again. Is this the one where like where Shizuka tries to stop her and then Megumi yells at her as the motherly figure? Yeah, it's yeah. like, "Oh, so it's cuz Shizuka refers to herself as like, "Oh, well, I'm 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 Nomura, I'm I'm his mom." She's like, oh, well, as his mom, isn't it your fault that he's such a useless waste of space and is acting like this and is terrible? Oh, aren't you a terrible mom? Fucking Jesus Christ, yeah. Megumi, shut the yeah, fuck up. Says, Who the fuck are you? For a healthy young man, you're pathetic. And uh, guys like you take life so lightly really piss me off. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Who the fuck Jeez. are you? These are people that you don't know, and you are randomly accosting them and yelling them about their life choices. Fuck you! I was gonna call them, like, Sonia Belmont and pick the lady names, or but yeah, apparently just Judgmental Belmont. Okay. I mean, at, 
at the very least, I'm, I'm getting super pissed about this, but at the very least, she starts berating them, and they're both, like, looking sad and upset. Yeah, and, and Nomura's like, and is like, hey, oh. Nomura's like, hey, well, Wataru's like, trying well, no, his best. It's not being a dick. And she's... It don't... It, Megumi is actually kind of, I guess, sort of feels bad. She looks like she feels bad about berating them, but... I, I feel like it's it, like it's a solid character trait for Megumi. Like, it's not like a good character trait, but like... No, it no, is. I, no, yeah. it, okay. Out of all the characters that have been introduced so far, Megumi is interesting. I just... It rubs me the wrong way so bad. Uh, Evan gets this, really this pissed is the off exact... when he sees people being judgy of other people's lifestyles in shows. I've yeah, no, this. I, I am super judgmental about people being judgmental about others' lifestyles. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's just... just talking to you off mic. Like, I, I think Makumi's like the best written character in the show so far. Yeah, no, she's got the she most. She is going a good on. character. I just don't. Mm! She pisses me off. The the fact that I'm getting such an emotional reaction out of from just seeing her and that speaks to her good writing right if Go. only she was like useful in combat yeah i'm not getting pissed because she's a bad character i'm getting pissed because she's a person that makes me pissed off when i was talking to garrett earlier a little bit i was saying uh i, I didn't feel like the show really endears you to wataru in the same way that the other common writer shows we've watched do just because like in the beginning of um of Kuga and Zio and uh, Decade, like I feel like I immediately liked the main character pretty much. Yeah, they and, do. And they do frame it as look at this good boy. So Wataru, look at this yeah. hero. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and Wataru's like... a little bit harder to connect with. Though now that I'm going it, back Wataru through was... it in detail, I I actually am starting to like like him a lot of a little bit more so yeah know. wataru's introduction is look at this weird guy <laughs> who is trying to steal fish bones from a cat right no, is no, he okay like, what is going I, on with him i dubbed wataru the soft boy and i stand by that and i i think he's pretty good i like him yeah i like now that him I'm going back just, through this i i actually do like him quite a bit he is a very different type of character it feels than any of the other common writers we've met so far i would also not call uh decade a good boy i would call him a smug jerk and i love him yeah i yeah i would actually think that wataru is the most like sukasa out of the other common writer characters so far because you know just kind of does his own thing and when people are like hey what the hell he just ignores them yeah huh that, that that's an interesting parallel actually hmm. huh all right well this ends up with uh, uh, Wataru basically asking the shop owner in like, a broken method, can I please have the table out front? Right. And I guess he gets it across because he gets it and is able to repair the violin with it. And apparently it was, it was the perfect wood. Yeah. There's like the thing um, when we went up to the table to use like feeling and like saying like how soft and smooth it was. Yeah. Right. You know, g general weird talk stuff. And uh, who, I mean, we we learned this already, but seeing this chronologically, um, right before the owner of the violin comes and picks it up, it is showing, it's the fight between uh, Yuri yeah. and the octopus. Yeah, Vanguard. you see the violin so, get the hole punched in it, so you're yes. like, so, ah. so it's like, oh, that's the same violin, and then the client is Hitomi obviously literally walks in, and it's like, oh, the Fangar! 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, like like salad reveal. Yeah, that's no, yeah. good. And I like how Hitomi act. Like Hitomi is acting like a creepy villain in this when she wasn't before. She yeah. Just like in in the little bits with Yuri, she was like, oh, yeah, hi. Supporting I'm my saying, extremely but... vaguely. Va- my thesis that I postulated based on extremely vague knowledge. She says that uh, the violin's broken for 22 years and everyone I asked her a parrot would not accept the request. Right. Because it's literally, I'm assuming <coughs> that it's literally the thing of she would go to them with this and like, can you repair it? And they're like, are are you kidding? No, get a new violin. Get a new violin. Right. This is you, We can't. I'm also pointing out that, that these other ones are good reveals because the next one isn't. Yeah, it's not great. I forget what so, the next one is. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll get there. Evan, d- d- wait, just wait. You'll have your time. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock and we have like two more episodes to go. Kiva is a lot, guys. All right, so yeah, Wataru is talking to Kavat in the bath. Basically, he's super happy that he repaired this violin, which he should be, because holy crap, he repaired a violin. Yeah, he did a good that job. That had a hole throughout the center through it. Surely nothing's going to happen to it to to make that all for naught or anything. Yeah, and um, there was a short little scene of when the when Hitomi is leaving Wataru's place. We get to see how she's deciding who new victims is. She's looking at a model magazine, and it's like, oh man, look at those necks. <laughs> I totally didn't pick up on that, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. That is yeah. Oh, is, is the picture that? Hitomi took was that Megumi's picture? Yeah, that was Megumi's picture. Okay, Megumi actually works as a model, right? Uh, okay. Oh yeah, and that's so, yeah. Kavat sees her take the the picture out of the magazine, and he and he's just like, mm, I'll follow liker of next. Great. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. Because because Hitomi is the one that points out that Megumi is the daughter of Yuri. Yes. Uh, so we get to see. Hitomi playing violin and like attracting Megumi. Yeah, it it's um, kind of weird, but okay. And then we get this weird thing where she's like playing violin and Megumi is enchanted. And it's an interesting. Wataru, it's like an interesting Wataru cut because like, uh, they show her standing and taking a drink after the end of her shoot, and then she's standing listening to it, and everyone else fades out of the scene. I, yeah. Uh, I guess the implication is that she was just standing there zoned out listening to this for like an hour or two. That or she's ensorcelled. Yeah. Or like it's, it's, it's a, her. It's, she has no perception of others yeah. anymore. Either, That's yeah. what I was going to say. It was like a perception yeah, thing. But uh, so yeah. And th- we also get this thing where Wataru is like listening to his dad's violin. He's like, I think is is that Fangire noise? I, I don't know. I'm going to start playing the violin back. And he like does a weird dueling violins thing, not, not not actual dueling violins, but in the sense that their violins are like fighting, and Hitomi is even like what what is what? apparently she can hear Wataru playing. And yeah, it's like, what, is this, it, what is this thing going on? Why B- Bloody Rose is magical, apparently. <laughs> and then uh, it looks like Megumi is gonna get stabbed. With the oh uh, no, fangs, what a surprise! But, but the music distracts her and breaks the breaks breaks her ensorcelment, so she's able to whip the violin out of Hitomi's hands just like her mom did. Except Hitomi totally catches it this time. 
Because he's yeah. like, no, not fuck, not again. Yeah, and she says, Jesus. I owe your mother quite a bit, in case we yeah. hadn't guessed that uh, their mother and daughter... Laughs and transforms. Right. So, uh, Megumi fights and does terribly, as usual. Yeah, I, I, I want Megumi to be a competent fighter so much. I, I would, and she try. I mean, at the very least, she's trying... And it is, it's obvious to me that she had like, okay, in this situation, this is what you need to do and do this. But she's so underpowered compared to it. Right. It's like, I, I, I think like Megumi being like competent in her fighting would just work with her character so well. Like it works with like the arrogantness and like the speaking her mind and being blunt. Like it would just, and, I think it would be interesting no. if she wasn't as good at it as her mom, because that would give her, like, a parallel arc to Wataru. But, I mean, her mom wasn't amazing at it either. Though she did look better when yeah. she did it. And, uh, so I don't know if we're giving Hitomi points for starts style. just kind of toying with Megumi. Like, Megumi is kidnapped, like, wrapped up in one of the tentacles, and it's around her neck. And Hitomi's just kind of dragging her up the stairs... Slapping her across the face yeah. and then she falls back down the stairs. It's completely toying with her. Oh yeah, and Wataru, apparently he doesn't have a super secret motorcycle that's super powered or whatever. He just has a regular no. motorcycle that he drives to. It's the motorcycle that he has under there. Yeah, he's just got a motorcycle. He drives it to the stadium that under this a conflict is happening in. And he shows up and sees that Hitomi is the fangire and he's like, oh no. The lady who I repaired her violin is evil. Damn it, come that on. makes me feel bad. Yep. Um, and is able to free Megumi. And then Megumi proceeds to, like, grab up her gun and shoot a bunch of bolts. He karate chops the tentacle arm, doesn't he? He, he just, he is, he's able to, he's able to use his arm to karate chop through the tentacle and sever it, yeah. Yeah, that was neat. And then Megumi shoots her little hand crossbow and completely destroys the Fangire's violin. Oh no. <laughs> like, it shatters into tiny pieces. I'm like, what? Bolts wouldn't do that. <laughs> but but they're spathic. Bolts would just go through it. They're, they're special Fangire bolts. I guess. I guess. Kiva keeps fighting the Fangire. And, um... That goes pretty well, except for the time that Kiva gets thrown out from, like, a second-story window into a small shed, and then the octopus fangar blows up the shed and starts laughing. And then apparently Kiva breaks through a bunch of cardboard boxes on his bike. How'd he get the bike in there? What? Huh? I I just want to talk about the part where the octopus fangar becomes Shiva from Final Fantasy (laughs) XIII. Yeah, it it grows wheels on its feet. Yeah, it's because it's like, oh, shit. Kiva's on a bike, I better run away, and then yes, grows wheels on its feet, and we get this super cool uh, uh, Shiva bike from chase. Final Fantasy 13 or uh, the Battle Mechs from IGPX, if you like that reference oh, better. Oh, jeez, yeah. You're right. Those uh, are dope. Man, yeah. I really liked IGPX. I was also going to be like, also the the Nightmare Frames in Code Geass also had wheel feet, uh, but no, they were more those like... have wheels behind their feet. These wheels are attached at the ankle. I, I guess. Totally it's... different, Garrett. It's kind of the uh, same thing. So they're they're doing this fighting on the bikes and going around. The octopus is able to like wrap one of her tentacles around Kiva, and then Kivat it just flies off the belt, which apparently he can do at any time whenever he likes. Yeah, I guess Kiva he doesn't need to be on there to activate the Kiva powers. Just bites the tentacle, and apparently the octopus can feel that, and is like, "Ow, no, ow!" 
It's really I really good. like I really this bit that. where, yeah, because uh, he just wraps the tentacle around the the thing on his bike, and they they uh, go where there's like a van parked in the middle of the street, and the finger just rams its face into the side of the vehicle. Yeah, it's the 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 tentacle going across catches on the front of the van and causes the uh, fangar to smash into the side of it. It's real good. Yeah. And then we get to see Kivat pull down his eye and stick out his tongue going, Nyeh, Kono Yaro. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah, I like Kivat. Uh, he's, he's good. Kivat's cute. Or it's good? I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's a he, but whatever. Kivat is very it's cute. Whatever fairly traditionally masculine voice, so... And uh, we get to see another super cool Kiva kick. Man, I love how fucking I love this stupid kick. It's, it's, this oh, stupid did, leg. did you notice the thing where like he'll kick it, and then there's this pause, and then there's like these two like hole things that are for like the eyes, and like the big <coughs> one lights up, and then it shifts down to the smaller one, and then it like shifts yeah, into the monster and does the explosion. Yeah, it's the pulse that went down his leg with the first one yeah. when I was talking. I didn't I didn't realize it was coming out from the eyes, but yes. I really like it. It looks really cool. And then the castle dragon comes back. Godzuki, I also love the, the castle dragon. I, I do really like the I love the castle dragon because it goes through the air wiggling its legs like... <laughs> it looks like it's too fat and having trouble moving. It, it, it's so adorable. I mean, it's literally the least aerodynamic thing I've ever seen. And so, like, you know. we get to see that like the the little golden rainbow soul that came out of the fangire try and float away, and the castle dragon going after it, going hey hey with its mouth open. Shard acquired, and eats it. And then we go inside the castle dragon down its gullet. This is the forecast. No, uh, no, no, <laughs> Evan, no. We're, we're leaving that in there and for you, learn. Fletch. It's a little present for our editor. <laughs> uh, we learned that there are a group of three people in very nice Well, there's two outfits. people in, okay, oh, I thought you were going to say suits. I mean, like, there's two people in suits, it's and then there's a weird schoolgirl person. Yeah. And they're they're playing chess and drinking tea. And then one of them gets checkmate and puts down a wolf-headed chess piece. Yeah. The guy on the left kind of looks that... like Kiva's dad, by the way. That's that's an allusion to the next episode, y'all. Isn't it more well, episode four has the wolf thing? Episode four, yeah, you're right. I mean, the next next the two next episodes part, are kind of yeah, they're say. like a two-parter yeah. thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's. That's Kiva. Yeah, that, that's that Kiva. Was episode since, two. Since we've had, since we've had the uh, our little you know introduction to Kiva, we're going to split this into two. We'll we'll have four episodes. Probably have four episodes of podcasts once we get past these first four. But yeah, for these first four, we're going to split it. Right. Kiva's yeah, a lot, guys. I know I've said that, but like Kiva's. If Kiva you haven't, is a lot. It's not, if you haven't seen Kiva, I don't think you really understand how quite a lot it really is. It's. So, Zio had it when Zio started. Zio had this pace of go, 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 explain shit. Go, 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 go. Kiva kind of had, not not to the same impetus of go, 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 go. But it feels to me like we're not seeing the start of the show. 
You know what it reminds yes. me of? It feels like we came in and we're on episode, like, we're already past the first set of four you, episodes. You know what the beginning of Kiva reminds five. me of? What does it remind you of? Toei Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. Actually, I, I knew the plot of Toei Spider-Man from episode one. They they do yeah, actually it, make sure to like explain it in a voiceover and everything, but but in the sense that this is a thing that happens and now this is happening and now this is happening and this is going on now and this is happening. So yeah, like, that, but that like, feeling of I, scene, 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 scene. Like that's kind of how it Kiva feels because you barely have time to get used to one thing before you're onto another thing. So like, and I and I think maybe what it's trying to do because it it kind of reminds me of Fies actually is like it's trying to like portray like this like slice of life thing first in this way to establish before explaining the weird things but it's also not doing that part well either not really they haven't shown anything normal really like i guess that's actually something that kuga was pretty good at they they did a really good job establishing normal for those characters yeah it's our establishment of normal for wataru is yeah, it just seems he like his his life's always cats. Like has like has Wataru ever had a makes has Wataru ever had a normal day? Like he doesn't seem like the sort of person who has a regular day. Yeah, he he doesn't seem like the sort of person who gets up, makes breakfast for himself, and decides, you know, I think I'd like to go out to lunch today, and goes out and has a nice lunch, maybe meets a friend or two. And then comes home and makes violins in the evening. No, it seems like he dresses up and goes out and steals random weird shit to try and make colors. Right. Who and who was his actual like guardian when he was a child? How did he grow up? Where does his money come from? Does he actually repair enough violins to lit like who owns that house? Is that is that his dad that owns the house that willed it to him? I mean his hey, dad I mean if his dad was a master violin craftsman, he could have set up a like a trust for it. Uh, his something. dad was just a player, I think. Or was he a craftsman too? I, I think he might be a craftsman too, because I think he made Bloody Rose. Okay. Anyway. Man, the fact that it's named Bloody Rose. I love that <laughs> so much. I, I'm pretty into it, yeah. Yeah, it. Mm. I, I'm sorry, Evan. That that one's chalked up to like the good part of Kiva. Oh, it. You know what else the aesthetic of Kiva kind of reminds to... me of? Guilty Gear. It's silly in a way that I need time to get used. To. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, I don't know enough Guilty Gear lore to say that. Oh my god, you're right. That, that it's that weird anime edgy. Still cool, but you look at it and go, man, that's so fucking teenager edgy. Like a little like 90s it. anime, a little 80s American, like, rock punk, like, <laughs> and just mixed in, like, the dorkiest way possible. Do you know what, what Kiva reminds me of? What's that? Garo. Um, Mark of the Wolves? No, uh, Garo is another tokusatsu thing. It was more recent and aired in, like... A specifically adult time slot, but it has oh. an extremely good, like, gothic aesthetic. Oh, is this that one I watched the first few episodes of the anime? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I, I think you watched line? some of Vanishing Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vanishing Line was okay. Now, so um, I I, now I I'm did... just imagining Terry Bogart as a key is a common writer. <laughs> also, like, I I don't know how I'll make it happen, but um, but Decade totally has a Garo character in one of the seasons, and it's great. Oh really? Huh. Yeah. That's fun. 
Are you ready? Buster Wolf. Okay, well, we should probably we should probably call it. Yeah, let's, okay. let's wrap this, this up. This one we should wrap up. Um, yeah, as we said, we're, we're we're feeling out how to how to do Kiva right now. <laughs> I think we just needed to to vent a little bit after having this extremely bizarre shared experience. Yeah, the, 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 I get the feeling that our for our intros into each new series are always going to be a bit more chunky as we're like, either what the fuck is this shit or. Oh man, this shit. I, I definitely wonder, okay, like, I'm a Japanese nine-year-old in 2008, and I watch this on Sunday morning. What do I go <laughs> in and say to my friends the next day? <laughs> like, yeah, what, what I the see? fuck was that? Um, so there was... So there's a man with a bat, <laughs> and he did a real cool kick. And he was upside down. There's a dragon. <laughs> Look, if, 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 like, Japanese, like, preteens can understand this, they must be pretty smart. Because I don't understand this show. Um, All right, let's get out of here. Anyway, this is a podcast um, located on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com. We're on the website. There are links to things such as um, the network's Twitter, which is at riceball underscore FM. Um, there are links to mine and Chris's Twitter. Um, there is a button for emailing, which you could email us at journeythroughthedecacast.com. There is also a link to iTunes where you can rate and review this podcast because that does magic SEO stuff and I think gets more views and stuff. Helps us with the algorithm. Have, have we yeah. gotten any more reviews or, or emails lately, The great invisible Garrett? hand of the algorithm. Yeah, algorithms. I I actually do not know. I have not checked oh, okay. in a while, actually. Well, you should do that. It's, it's like your thing. I, I, there's a lot of things that I do. I know, I know. Garrett's a busy man. That's fine. I do things sometimes. There are, there are host Twitters, and I don't have one, because... Hey, get a Twitter, I'm you nerd. Funny. I'm not funny. Uh, or maybe don't. Uh, Twitter is a, a violent hellstorm of madness that you yeah, twi- probably don't really need to subject yourself to, but, you know, hey. Yeah, Twitter's all, like, also bad, so... Uh, uh, life is too much sometimes. Life is suffering. <laughs> but uh, we always have Common Rider to be off the chain, because it's breaking the chains. Life is suffering. Play video games and watch Common Rider. Oh, all right. I don't know why I say goodnight, everybody, when this comes out I, in the morning. I mean, hey, it's, it's a traditional, it's a radio ending, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's why I've just gone to the good time. <laughs> yep. See you later, everybody. Right. Hope you have a good and, one. Uh, yep. Until next time, we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Bop, bop, burning hot. Yeah, it would, it would be cool if like I came up with one for for each season to go along with their thing. <laughs> I mean, I think break the chain is actually a pretty yeah. pretty solid. Break one the right chain's now. pretty good. Break the pod. Break the chain. Break the pod chain. <laughs> Off the block. You could just say break. Oh, oh my just, god, just... guys! I I might need to copyright this. Has anyone ever said off the blockchain? If it seems so obvious. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, 
I don't think so. I, I think you're fired. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. <gasps> All right, podcast over. Bop, bop, bop.